Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so we're joined here today by Imrich Valik. Imrich, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, uh, thanks for having me today. Uh, my name is Imrich, and I'm founder and CEO of Sentien. We are making the first open ear headset that you can wear all day, and it doesn't block your ears. Very uh, cool. So, and we are big in uh, voice first as well, because I think it unlocks more potential in using voice assistants and uh, audio applications. Yeah, nope, I would uh, completely agree with that as well. Um, so, first off, did I pronounce your name properly? How do you say your name? Uh, more or less. Uh, <laughs> in my country, we pronounce it Imrich Valach. So and so which, which country is that? Uh, I'm from Slovakia originally, but I studied one year in, in uh, the US, in California, and then three years in the Netherlands. And now we are based in Czech Republic in Prague. Very so cool. Quite all over. Okay, cool. So um, let's kind of go back to the start. So, you know, you grow up in uh, Slovakia, then you, what led you to, to come to the U.S. for a year to study in the U.S.? Oh, I just wanted to learn, you know, how, is, how are different cultures in the world. And the uh, exchange year in the U.S. was a natural choice, and I'm very happy that I was there. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, wh- and where about in the U.S. were you living? Uh, I was living near Sacramento. Okay. Sacramento area. Yeah. Very cool. So you do a year in the U.S. and then, um, you know, how did, can you give me a little bit of a background on how Sentient, your company now, um, how did this thing form? Like, wh- give me the, the genesis story of how this yeah. whole thing came about from, you know, it sounds like it probably started after you had had this year in the U.S. So walk me through a little bit about this journey that you had. Yeah, so it was a little bit later than uh, the U.S. trip. It was during the second year of the u- university in the Netherlands. And I was, you know, deciding what to do with my life, uh, actually. So I uh, put down the largest challenges that I saw around. And one of them was human-computer interaction. And I thought, you know, we are definitely not going to give up on computers. And we are going to uh, live with them more and more. And I think they should help us out as much as they can. So I started to study history of uh, human computer interaction and started to study computer science to really figure out what is the next step in uh, human computer interfaces and how we can make it uh, work best for us. And after one year of doing a lot of experiments of studying uh, anthropometry, of studying ergonomy, of talking with a lot of people from different backgrounds who were working on brain computer interfaces or AR glasses, etc. The idea for an audio headset, uh, for a bone connection audio headset came to my mind because I think it's the the next step in making a seamless interface that we can do today. You know, AR glasses are cool, brain-computer interfaces are cool. However, uh, at the current stage of technology, we can't really make it uh, available to all consumers. But what we can do is uh, use hearing or focus on audio first, you know, and then we can move on. So then, uh, you know, we, we experimented with a lot of uh, different form factors. And uh, I moved to Prague, found a co-founder, whose name is Peter. He has background in uh, cybersecurity. Um, 
and uh, he was also doing a lot of experiments with on offline assistants or brain computer interfaces and all our conversation all our works together led to creating a sentient audio which is today sentient audio and now we are working on it uh we've been doing a lot of prototypes and we are uh now manufacturing the device or we are into manufacturing talking with a lot of manufacturers suppliers etc and we will be shipping in summer 2020 so that's pretty much the genesis of uh, sentient and why we are doing what we are doing I love it. I, I thank you for walking me through all that. I think that's such an interesting story. And I love hearing sort of like the way in which, uh, you know, all of these new entrants into the space, um, you know, how they came in and what was the inspiration. And so it sounded like for you that there was a, a wide variety of inspirations. It sounded like you had sort of been looking at the space to say, okay, where, what is that next evolution in computing? And it seems as if you landed on this idea of, um, you know, something as a blend of a seamless, you know, sort of interaction into, um, you know, whether it be communicating with a audio assistant, a voice assistant, I mean, um, or just like an access point into the, the audio web. Is that correct? Is that, were those kind of the two main things that you saw as being like, okay, this is a pretty transformational shift that's underway in these areas. And therefore, I want to make a device that's sort of the conduit to that shift. Yes, I mean, we see audio and voice just as tools, you know, to get uh, done what you need to. And that's pretty much in, uh, embedded in everything what we do is that on one hand, you have uh, what you want to get done. And on the other hand, you have all the tools, right? So we are trying to uh, minimize the time between you wanting something and uh, having it done. So that's the, our, the first principle really that we operate with and with uh, in, in everything we do, you know. Uh, so for, for the audio interface, as I said, uh, yes, I was very excited to see new developments in the area. I mean, when I was starting, uh, just the AirPods came out. And I was quite disappointed. You know, I thought they were going, going to do more. Uh, however, I think it was a very great step because people, people, are used to, uh, people are now used to wearing something on their heads or something in their ears. And uh, that's very important, you know. Yeah, I, I've said it before. I think that the biggest thing AirPods did is they've sort of normalized the behavior of wearing something in and around your ears for longer periods of time. And yeah, exactly. uh, yeah so to your point, I think it, it actually bodes really well for a company like yours and the vision that you guys have, because I think um, what we're seeing is like, okay, so once you get up to that like three or four hour time of the day that you're wearing something like AirPods, it certainly seems as if you reach a point, like there is probably some type of threshold where it's like, okay, I like this. I want to be sort of tethered to this, uh, this like audio interface. Um, but I don't necessarily know if I like that form factor for such an excessive amount of time, which I guess leads us directly into your device. So I think that um, the best thing to do here would be, can you kind of like really walk us through, I have an idea as to like how bone conduction works. It's absolutely mm -hmm. fascinating, but I think that a lot of listeners listening might not have never heard of this type of device. It's pretty like sci-fi, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So give us a little bit of a, just like a, a, a high level overview of like how bone conduction works. Yeah. So bone conduction works uh, in a way that uh, you have transducers or speakers that are placed on your cheekbones and when they vibrate, they go directly in your inner ear. So they bypass your eardrum. 
therefore you can even plug your ears and you can still hear the sound and we are i mean even when you speak uh every day uh the voice you are hearing or your voice you are hearing is uh, conducted mainly through bone you know so it's mm -hmm. a very natural process and this way it allows you to to uh have clear uh, open ears you know and it's almost um uh, because the the main the main point uh, why we chose bone bone conduction or why it was a natural step was that of course the best thing would be you know you think about something and it's done and uh but we are not there yet uh <laughs> and uh but we are going there <laughs> but bone conduction or a headset with bone conduction uh our our main aim and that's why in everything we do or uh, how we design comes from uh, ergonomy to making it comfortable etc because what we are doing is we are making almost like a wristwatch for your ears right so you wake up in the morning you take your shower or whatever and mm -hmm. then you just put on the headset and you forget about it that's our best case scenario you know and uh, we optimize for that because what we what we believe is that uh, you will get most out of the interface if it's always accessible to you you know and also what you mentioned with airpods and i completely agree there uh, they are great for certain use cases you know uh, we are asking ourselves what is the interface afterwards because airpods or smart speakers um, or other interfaces such as google assistant or siri on your phone i think we are just they are just compromises for now because the interfaces at the end of the day will be on us accessible at all times you know and not disturbing you not uh, taking out taking you out out of your day yeah um, and bone connection is perfect technology for that since it leaves your ears open you know it's almost like a voice in your head <laughs> in, a, mm -hmm. in a in a positive way and uh, so that's why it was a it was a natural choice you know and I, I went through many, many, many bone conduction headsets because the technology is quite proven already. We are putting together many factors. And so, I, I mean, I've been wearing a bone conduction headset on me for almost two and a half years, almost every day, you know? Yeah. So I, I know very well what works, what doesn't work, what form factor works, what, does, uh, what, what uh, form doesn't work. So, so let me just... This very good part on... Uh, on the researching and you know and even for the uh, sentient audio headset or uh, this kind of interface like we live it ourselves you know like we use it every yeah. day and we experiment with it because we are just excited about the phone you know and that's why we are not just doing the headset but we are also doing an app that you can configure the headset with um, as i said we are interested in human computer interaction you know sentient audio or this bone conduction headset is just the first step that we see that we can, you know, improve uh, the interaction every day. Yeah, no, I love it. And um, before I add my two cents to this whole thing, because um, I know that you've mentioned this to, to me before, but I think it would be a good point to point it out. You had mentioned that there, um, you know, when you were first trialing the bone conduction device that you yourself even had a little bit of hesitation on, um, you know, would there be any sort of, uh, you know, negative side effects of wearing a Bluetooth device for as long as you did, but it sounds like you were able to sort of alleviate some of those. So can you just talk through what yeah. you had, you know, because you've done a ton of research into this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, when I when I sat down, I asked myself, okay, I'm gonna wear this headset only at all times. Maybe it's dangerous, you know. I don't know. So I just uh, draw down uh, certain factors that could uh, affect my health, such as electromagnetic emissions or constant constant exposure to plastics, let's say, you know, and all these different factors. Uh, I found research papers. I found, uh, European Union has a lot of great research done 
on uh, electromagnetic electromagnetic waves and effects on our bodies. So I went through the whole 250-page uh, report that analyzes thousands thousands of uh, research papers. You know, and uh, you know, if if there is something wrong with with wearing a headset on you at all times, I think I'm gonna be the first person to know. <laughs> so I, but I, yes, and I took this very seriously, you know, because uh, and that's above sentient audio as well. I think it's mm -hmm. and at sentient, as I said, human computer uh, human computer interaction. You know, we ask ourselves, is it even healthy to have the the devices on us at all times? You know, our conclusion now is that there are no effects, no negative effects. So we are, we are pulling through, you know, but this is the things we do. Uh, so we, you know, I was also, um, when you mentioned bone conduction technology, I was also experimenting with bone conduction microphones. You know, just, you just put it on your throat and you can get input from, from a human side to a computer without, uh, you know, worrying about having your microphone close to your mouth. And yeah, but that, that, that didn't go well. You know, the sound quality is not, not good enough. So we, we dropped that, you know, but this is the, this, these are the things we do, you know. So even the form factor of sentient audio and all features it has, it's been, you know, compared with, with all other options. And this is the best we, we see that uh, will be the next step in, let's say, audio interfaces, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I appreciate you really going into depth there because I know that that um, I've heard before that there's, you know, concerns around wearing these types of Bluetooth devices for extended periods of time. And I think it's great that you've gone uh, into so much length um, in your research around this and you yourself are a guinea pig with the technology itself. And, um, you know, to hear that you haven't really seen or, or experienced any sort of side effects uh, is definitely comforting to know. And so I think like for the listeners here, just so that you get a, a really good sense of this type of product, and I'll be, you know, including images in the blog post that I do with this and I'll be tweeting out images of, of this device so that you really can get a good idea of what it looks like but it's really cool I mean like he said um, you know it's sort of like a, a horseshoe shape so it's going to fit you can imagine that it's got you know uh, basically like two round circles um, one for each of your cheekbones so it will like go around to the back of your head uh, to the other cheekbone connecting the two and uh, like he said you know the benefit of this is that you get your ears to be completely wide open and uh, the really the crazy thing about it too is that it doesn't emit any sound so I can be listening to music or I can be listening to a podcast and I could be standing a foot from somebody and they wouldn't hear uh, a shred of what I'm listening to because it's all done through the vibrations that are going you know it, Basically, your brain is interpreting these signals that are going directly uh, through your uh, through your bone um, directly into your inner ear. So the way it works, it truly it feels like magic. To be honest, it's it, that's the only adjective I can think to describe yeah. this thing um, because it is it's such a it's such a different type of thing than we're used to, which has you know traditionally really to this point just been uh, you know facilitating this transmission through uh, microphones and, and sound. So, um, and, and, and so one thing I want to say about this too, that I think is really interesting, you know, about like, okay, so the, the, why this thing I think is a really viable product and is going to become increasingly more viable. So I was just doing a little bit of research before this, um, looking at different internet trends and something that I thought was really worth pointing out here for this conversation is, you know, just back in 2016, um, Ben Beharin, who does, um, 
He's with, uh, I think, Tech Pinions. Um, it's a subscriber newsletter. He put out a report um, where he covers Apple really closely, and he said that uh, at least with iPhone users, they unlock their phone, um, he said, over 80 times, and this was back in 2016. I've seen reports recently, you know, in the last, like, few years that it's up over, like, 110, 120 uh, per, you know, the average usage. And so, again, this is where I think this type of device really gets – to be interesting is that um, if you think about everything that you do with your phone as if, if you sort of, um, you know, think of it all in terms of jobs to be done. Like I love the jobs to be done framework, RIP Clayton Christensen, um, where, you know, it's like this idea that um, every single thing that you, that, that's, uh, you know, representative on your phone through the apps, those represent jobs. So like navigation, calling up, you know, your directions to get from point A to point B, um, the way that you would do that job within your phone is you pull out your, you know, your Google maps or your map app, you type in your destination and then you follow along. And so I think this type of interface, and this is why I've been so bullish on uh, just like voice first and just the voice user interface and voice assistance, is that I think what you'll see over these next, you know, within this decade, the 2020s, is that the 110 times that you're going to unlock your phone, um, more and more of the reason, you know, obviously a lot of that is just like you just we've become so conditioned that you just inadvertently go and you unlock your phone and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? But yeah. um, I think that, you know, if you think of those 110 instances or however many times you're going into your phone to perform a specific job, if you even take a quarter of those, so 25 different instances throughout the day that you don't need to go into your phone anymore because you're able to do that with a device like a sentient device that you're just wearing on you um, and you get yourself in the habit of doing it. And again, you're just sort of progressively moving. You're not ever going to probably remove all the different reasons why you'd go into your phone. I think the phone will be totally viable for a long time, but yeah. it's taking yeah. all of the different minute things that you do on a routine basis and starting to offload them to peripheral devices, offloading them to something like it might be an Apple watch where you then, you know, you do some of the things there um, or you do it through something like a sentient all day seamless device that you're, that you're generating. And, and for me, that's where this idea of what you're building gets really, really compelling is that, um, yeah. I think that it, it allows for people to, it gives them, it finally gives them an, uh, an alternative to their phone to do a lot of the things that they've become dependent on the phone to do. Um, just not fully realizing that quite yet, um, uh, you know, they're able to do a lot of these things through something like a voice assistant. Exactly. Yeah. And we are always on search for the best interface, you know, and I completely agree with you there that phones are not going away. You know, I think also Apple Watch or other smartwatch, uh, they're essential in um, some other tasks, you know, but mm -hmm. exactly as you said, some tasks you can get done just with, let's say, sentient audio. Uh, you just tap on the side of your head, speak uh, command to your Google Assistant or Siri or Amazon Alexa, since we are platform independent, you can choose your own. And for Android, sorry, for iOS, it's just Siri. And uh, yeah, just get it done. Because the point is not to take out your phone. The point is to get something done or get some notification, you know? And uh, yeah. And, and the other thing I'll say to this too is, um, you know, for the listeners out there, think about all the different jobs that exist that have 
hours and hours and hours of, uh, you know, on end of just monotonous tasks. You know, you think of somebody that's driving a forklift, somebody that's driving a tractor. Um, I myself have personal experience with it where I work Oak tree products. We have a giant warehouse that I spend a lot of my time working in where I'm literally fulfilling orders, picking and packing things where I have my AirPods in and I'm listening all day. Well, that breaks down when somebody has to say something to me. And so I think that again, take that idea too, you know, and apply it to all of the different people out there that would love to be able to passively consume content. Again, this idea that we have this burgeoning audio internet, we're seeing the first, really the big tip of the iceberg with podcasting. But I think that that's going to, it's going to cascade into tons of different types of media that will migrate to a more native audio, uh, you know, like a native audio format. And I think that if you're wearing something like if I was, if I knew that day in and day out, I had six hours of my job that was, you know, completely conducive to to listening to podcasts or audiobooks or other ambient forms of media, but I was also able to keep my my ears open in doing that. Again, that's a, a particular type of user that's really it's a, a lot of people have jobs like that. Um, that would be really white right in the wheelhouse of this too, I would think. Yeah, exactly. And we've been, you know, from our testing, even people who are, let's say, gardening, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they can call with their friends or family. Uh, while they are doing their job, and uh, it's it's very beneficial for them. That's just one of the examples, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I th- I think it's so cool, and I'm I'm really like I had this uh, I had a conversation with um, you know Pretty McGill who was with Periphery, and again I think this idea of like different form factors I I described it as different strokes for different folks. Like I really do think that the that as there becomes more variety out there and and more just different types of form factors um what we'll see is right now the you know the vast majority of people i think they they're just sort of opting into airpods but i think that in time you'll obviously always have a big portion of people that wear airpods but i think a lot of different types of alternatives will surface like yours and i think that's a really exciting prospect for the future because I tend to think that the more options that people have, the more inclined different types of users will get on board with this idea. And the more users, the better network effects really start to kick in on all different sides there, you know, in terms of more incentive to create media, more incentive to, uh, you know, create a device that's facilitating all this. It it just encourages this whole area to grow and grow. so let me ask you, as we sort of wrap up here, um, what, what does 2020 look like for you? I know that you obviously are in the midst of getting the production down and launching Sentient, but for anybody that's listening, um, you know, can you give us a little bit of an idea of like what we can expect from you all, where we can learn more about Sentient and maybe even place a pre-order uh, for you? Yeah. yeah, so our pre-order is open at sentienthq.com. Okay. And as you as you said, we are now you know trying to get the production rolling, and we are going to be shipping in summer 2020. Uh, you can pre-order the headset today. We ship to the US and EU as of now, and yeah, it's going to be very exciting. You know, it's it's a, it's a lot of hard work now trying to get the device manufactured, but we are on top of it, and I think uh, it's, it's going to be great uh, over the summer. Yeah. And further on, you know, uh, for the summer, you know, the first batch is limited. So we are just making one batch and then later on we will do more. Um, 
and then we are working on the app uh, that will, you, you will be able to configure sentient audio with the app. And I think it's also an edge uh, against, let's say, AirPods or other, other uh, interfaces that sentient audio will be fully configurable, you know, like Love it will it. be yours. Um, and that's, that's, uh, that, that's uh, the first principle we work with all the time is that you have to be the master of your technology, you know, mm-hmm. we will never, never play ads to you or stuff like that, you know, uh, it, will, it has to work for you. And, uh, and I, I completely agree uh, that it's, it's good to have different alternatives. But for us is that we really ask ourselves, what is the next step in those interfaces, you know, mm-hmm. and even myself, I was quite surprised how much more I used assistance, let's say, because mm-hmm. I, had, I had the voice function accessible at all times, you know? And it, it doesn't seem like a big difference because, okay, you can just pull up your phone, but it actually was, you know? And our tests show that. So, so for, I, I, I quite believe, and, I, and since this is a heavily voice-first uh, audience, I believe that for voice to function properly, the interface needs to be accessible at all times, you know? You shouldn't, totally agree. Uh, you shouldn't... Uh, worry about being close to your smart speaker or your smart speaker uh, saying something out loud that you don't want to, you know, or uh, plugging the earbuds in, taking them out of your pockets. I, I, I think those are all just compromises and we are, we are doing the next step uh, in that. So, so that's why I think Sentient Audio is, uh, has the edge there. Let me just ask we you. I'm very excited to see what, what's next, you know. I, I'm right there with you, man. Let me just ask you. Um, so you, you, you're mentioning like you've been using this device yourself and you're finding yourself using the voice assistant more and more. What are some of the things that um, either A, you're doing a whole lot with in, the, in terms mm-hmm. of how you're using a voice assistant or even B, like certain things that you didn't expect that you're now realizing like, wow, okay, this is actually pretty great to use a voice assistant for. So my experience with the voice assistants is that they are very good for certain tasks. Mm-hmm. They are not the ultimate answer, and that's okay. You know, uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm now using assistants mainly for is reminders, events, uh, some conver- conversions, uh, definition of words or some phenomena. And these core use cases, I think, are very strong. And they are much, much faster than when you would just pull out your phone mm-hmm. and assistant is uh, right most of the time. You know? I think the trouble comes when you want something more complex and uh, the assistant doesn't do it. And then uh, from our tests uh, show that uh, people are then reluctant to use it because everything what you can do with assistant, you can do also with your phone. You know? yeah. And people usually, and myself included, just succumb back to the to the old ways of doing stuff you know (laughs) phone, getting it done and that's it uh so we see this it's it's almost a paradigm shift uh it's it's a different thinking of how how to get things done and what helped me the most is that when we had previous prototypes with they were much much larger than than sending audio now uh what helped me the most was just wake up in the morning take my shower or whatever and then just put it on on my head you know just turn it on don't expect anything. And if, if, if I needed to do something done, I knew that the interface was accessible. And this, I think this was the, the uh, aha moment. And mm. you also asked me about uh, last time we mm. spoke about uh, what was this uh, aha moment that yeah. I had. I was thinking about more. And I think this was it, you know. And yeah. I convinced a couple of other people to test it uh, like that with me. And, and funnily, they also agree. And now they're using bone conduction headsets much more. You know, so I think this was the aha moment. And and as I said, voice assistants are great. They are great for certain tasks. You know, they're not ultimate ultimate uh, tools, and it's okay. 
but the problem comes that you can get the stuff done also without with just taking out your phone or uh, I don't know taking out your computer. So yeah. I think you just need to plunge into it, try try it out, you know, uh, and don't get discouraged. But of course, you know, if it doesn't work as first time, we are we are very reluctant to use it again. So I think it's this balance, you know. For now, I think mainly early adopters and these uh, people who are interested in tech will use it more. But now. Uh, I think it's getting better and better and I'm excited to see what the future brings, you know. Even when we were uh, speaking at CES 2020, there was Google and some of their presentations were amazing and I think they're making uh, quite large leaps, um, especially with offline voice recognition. I think that's the most important feature. I mean, imagine you would like to type something in your phone and if you wouldn't have no internet or, or low internet, like weak connection, uh, your keyboard would disappear. I mean... Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And I think that's very similar to online only voice recognition or online only assistance. They, I don't think they will work uh, uh, or like this. I think offline is a great step, you know, so totally. I'm very much looking forward to that. And I think all these factors together uh, are making up a bright future for audio and voice interfaces. Yeah, no, well said. Really well said there. I totally agree with you. I can't personally wait uh, to get my hands on my sentient device. I placed the pre-order, so um, yeah, can't wait to can't wait to try it out. I um, we'll have to do a round two when that time comes, so that I can give you my you know the results from me uh, playing around with it. But I, I I totally agree. I think that you know the more that this podcast has gone on, the more that I've been um, reading, writing, and thinking about this space. Um, the more that I think that this marriage of hearables, but like reimagining what a hearable looks like in when you're wanting to wear it yeah. And I yeah. think that this is such a unique take on it that I think will really blow people's minds. I'm telling you now, if you're listening to this and you never experienced a bone conduction device, the first time that you do, you will be blown away by just how magical this thing feels. And so I love, I absolutely love the idea of a bone conduction device that's really got, you know, the types of first principles that you've laid out. Um, and with this vision where you're, you're also seeing the potential of uh, a voice assistant on you at all times. And we know that companies like Google, companies like Apple, companies like uh, Amazon, like these companies have the biggest pockets of anybody out there. If they want to make the future a reality, they will. And it seems as if they're putting a lot of eggs in this basket of uh, voice assistant enabled internet. And so to be able to facilitate that, um, like you're doing with the product that you're building, the Sentient bone conduction device, I think is uh, nothing short of, of awesome. And uh, I cannot wait to, to try it all out. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Thanks also for the pre-order and I'm, I'm looking forward to the next conversation <laughs> that we are going to have. Absolutely, Emmerich. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me today and thanks for everybody who tuned in and stayed till the end. We will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll chat with you next time.